Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Blurg. Blurg! Today, in true season one fashion, the episodes we're talking about are hella descriptive. Jack meets Dennis, and Tracy does Conan. On these episodes, Jack will meet Dennis, and Tracy will do Conan, but not in the way that you're potentially hoping. What is this, Horseville? Because I am surrounded by naysayers! We are lovers. Oh, that word bums me out, unless it's between the words meat and pizza. Live every week like a shock week. We are super excited to talk about Jack Meets Dennis. I cannot wait to hear Nick's synopsis of the show. Well, buckle the fuck up, because here we go. (laughs) So, in Jack Meets Dennis, we all meet recently coronated Beeper King, Dennis Duffy, the oft-mentioned but heretofore unseen paramour of Liz Lemon. And throughout the episode, we'll see his evolution from Beeper to Rat King as we plumb the deep, deep depths of his morality and tolerability. So, additionally, Jack pledges his mentorship to Liz Lemon, which she's initially not super into, which is the beginning of one of the most central plot points to all of 30 Rock. Um, In other moments, Tracy fights normalcy, Jenna fights her natural age, and Elizabeth Taylor fights Josh. Let's dive in. (laughs) Wow, that was an awesome recap. So good. Thank you. I'm really talented. I'm trying very hard. I'm just like Jan. Just Jan. Just Jan. You're winning. So it starts out with them walking down the street with some looped uh, dialogue that right? does not so sound overdone. realistic in any way at all. <laughs> that was like my first and probably only note that I'll ever take. That it was just weird dialogue. It didn't sound correct. It just didn't sound organic. It definitely sounded like they overdubbed it and were like, let's do a street shot, but like we can't use any of the audio, so we have to just like <laughs> overdub it. Like we're bringing Pokemon to America. Yeah, like we're a beginner show. We don't know how to do sound yet, but we'll get there someday. Um, I would just do. like to profess my love for Dean Winters before we even get started. I uh, love him. Um, what was the first show or medium where you saw Dean Winters? I believe it was Oz. Might have been Homicide Life on the Streets, but I'm pretty sure it was Oz. And he's on the first season of SVU. Interesting. Yeah. And he, like, he can't handle it. It's too much. And they get him to transfer out. And he cries because of all the horrible things that are happening. I love him. Where was the first time you saw him? Probably an Allstate commercial. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) because... I mean, he does play Mayhem in the Allstate commercials. But I... No, I think I saw him in Oz originally because I had seen his um, nude scenes with Christopher Maloney, um, who's also an SVU. There's a lot of symmetry here. Um, but the first big role I saw him was actually in 30 Rock. Um, so He's, he's so o- good at playing a scumbag. And then in real life, he's like a Renaissance man who went and studied art history and he studied Spanish. And at the age of 33, he met Rita Moreno and she became his mentor and like best friend. What? I know. I just wow. think he's like hanging out with the guys doing like stuff, but yeah. cause you know, his real life brother was in Oz with him and then his other brother worked on the show and then his sister married one of the directors. Like I just love him. He's from Long Island. I love him as mayhem. That commercial with him and Tina Fey that's still on cracks me up every day. Have you seen that one lately? Um, no, I'm still just in like abject amusement of the amount of knowledge you have for Dean Winters. 
I did a little deep dive. I did oh a my God. You went so to I Long know. Island. You figured things out. Him. Then I found out all these amazing things about him. So. He had layers just like Nona's lasagna. <laughs> if an adult man ever gave me noogies, I would kill them. I'm just going to say. No, I don't like being touched on the head. I don't like being touched by an angel, and I don't be, like being touched <laughs> on the head. No, those are not good touches. Give me a doll, and I'll show you where you touched me. And it was on the head, and I did not appreciate it. Terrible. Uh, so, but yeah, so we figure out who Dennis is. He's been mentioned previously um, as one of Liz's paramours <laughs> in conjunction with Conan, who we'll see in the yes. next episode that we talk about. And he becomes sort of like a running major player in the 30 Rock sort of side pieces. But... I don't, he's just, he's essentially the embodiment of society's limited expectations for cisgendered straight white men. Like one marginally good deed is sufficient to look past everything else that he does that's terrible. Like when Liz says, he fixed my toilet. Like he broke it he first, broke but it he first. fixed yeah. it. And it's just like, it's super easy. And it's like, wow, that's all it takes. Really, that's, those are the expectations. That's like the super low limbo that you can just hop right over. She gets all her work done. They only have sex on Saturdays, and it's fast and over with really quickly. It's great. That was a great cut immediately from that great joke that Tina Fey delivered amazingly well. And then right into the opening credits, like, lovely cold open, despite the sound issues. And it's interesting to see, like, some normalcy to Liz and Jenna's relationship. Yes. It's so weird seeing them as just, like, a normal duo, that has this history because as we get further and further into the show, obviously that becomes super lampooned. It becomes a caricature of reality. And it's interesting to see some sort of real authentic roots to their relationship. Which would probably explain why it's one of my favorite Jenna episodes. Like for somebody who dislikes Jenna as much as I do, I, I love her in this episode when we come upon her after she's had her work done. That is the funniest <laughs> scene. I don't know if you want to skip ahead to that, but... She she meets up with Jack and he asks how old she is and she goes into a whole run that she's obviously prepared for about being 29 and whatever year she was born and what movie she watched and did you see it in a the movie theater or a drive-thru and she's like, what's a drive-in? That's so good. That is one of my favorite exchanges in all of 30 Rock. It's super quick. It's rapid fire. It's funny. It's like the joke a minute that we always talk about with 30 Rock, how there's so many layers to jokes. And watching this for like the 18th time, I found that most of the jokes that I enjoy the most are the subtle nuanced ones that maybe I didn't pick up in my first umpteen watchings. But that's one that's super in your face. It's always so fucking funny. It's just like, what was your prom thing? What movie did you lose your virginity to? <laughs> Arachnophobia, which fucked me up. That movie fucked me up. I love all of this, the subtle Jack slights that he takes at Dennis the entire episode about the beepers and oh, are you going to take a picture with your beeper? And he's like, it doesn't actually have a camera, but it has a pedometer. Oh, not this one. Just yeah. hilarious. Well, and perhaps the best shadiest moment of the episode was when Jack was like, I hope you enjoy the choices you made. <laughs> Potentially about her dinner and what she's ordered, but mostly about her choice in mate, which is Dennis Duffy, who has dietary restrictions in that he's allergic to any non-fried fish. Oh, God. And the way he eats, <laughs> ugh. And then he's like, nice tie. He's like, yeah, the douchebag at the front desk made me put it on. He's like, oh, does he not know you're the Beeper King? Like, oh, <laughs> Are you not aware? Because he... So his reign as Beeper King began under suspicious circumstances because the previous Beeper King shot himself. So there's a, this is like some Victorian era power struggle bullshit. Like who knows? 
Did he Carol Baskin, the old beeper king? We don't know. <laughs> He's willing to push uh, Tina Fey in front of a moving train later a couple episodes down the road. So who knows? Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but it is where I think Jack starts to step into his Jack role that we see him for the rest of the time for the most part. Yeah. Where he's her mentor and he's looking down on her and patronizing her and not being the frady cat on the floor saying, talk to me like I'm one of your actors. Make me feel better. Yeah. The first five episodes feel like the first season in and of itself for most shows are a little wobbly and this is no different. And the first five episodes are sort of like, okay, I see kind of what's happening, but the six and seven, I feel like we really start getting into a groove and this feels like 30 rock, not just some sort of facsimile where they're finding their footing. This is the show now. And it's really starting to get good. I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. (laughs) I also Uh, have like, also just like, if you're discovering this at a later time, we're all fully in quarantine at the moment. So I don't have a lot to do. So my excitement is just like next level high octane. Let's do this 30 rock. You know? So then Jenna goes and gets some work done in the hopes of looking younger. <laughs> so yeah, and like- it is classic. Classic. She's like, I'm talking about Dennis and your eyebrows doesn't move. And she's like, what about now? She's like, what about, no, nothing. What about now? No. Whoa, Frank, don't be upset. She'll be fine. Um, that is, and I think that, so I think Jenna has the best jokes of this episode. So the Jenna exchange with Jack is amazing where she believes that, you know, any question of her age is just a statement. And now she's being deemed old, even though she's clearly 29 <laughs> and she decides to get work done and she does the typical actor actress thing where she's just like, mm, no, I've just been like, you know, resting and getting a lot of water. And Tina Fey is like, this, this water, does someone boil it first and then throw it on your face? <laughs> is, I think, the best joke. Like, the exchange was sort of the best exchange if we're doing, like, subcategories. Um, and the best joke, for me, was that one. Hey, ma'am. Hey, Juvenile. I need to talk to you about this. Ah! What did you do to yourself? Me? Nothing. Just getting more rest, drinking more water. Really, this water, does someone boil it first and throw it in your face? Okay, I had a little Botox and some collagen and a chemical peel and something with shark DNA. Admit it, I look 10 years younger. No, younger even, you look like a fetus. I came here to talk to you about my problems with Dennis. Oh, I can't right now, honey. If I don't do my facial exercises, I could wind up looking weird. Hilarious. Simply, except later when she's talking about her and she says she looks like, oh, what does she say? She looks like a porn star burn victim. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. And then Tracy doesn't want everyone to think he's normal. Yes. So he is in some sort of Us Weekly parody where the title is literally just normal. Normal. And orange letters because he's walking a dog and walking out of like a Starbucks or something. So he clearly has to fight that because his entire mystique as an actor is around how outrageous and off kilter he is. So he tries to debunk this pervasive myth that he's normal with, you know, increasingly ridiculous antics. Including getting a Mike Tyson-esque face tattoo, which is amazing. Um, it's a, please don't misquote him, it is a biblical dragon from outer space. Yes. It is. Which, 
I know the Bible, and you know, I haven't read a lot of the Bible, and I know it's open for interpretation, but I miss the bit about the biblical dragon and the space talk. But God, if that would like Genesis is a wild ride, so like that might be in there, and I cannot wait to buckle up and read more about it. Cause like, hallelujah. There's really is not a moment of the show that does not hit just constantly scrolling yeah. through, moving around. He comes up, his face is halfway on the pillow, so he's obviously <laughs> drawn it on. But not by himself, because like he tries <laughs> drawing it back on, but it's just a green blob. <laughs> like they don't like the continuity. It doesn't even matter. And I love how much they sort of subvert, subvert typical tropes that that happen in comedies. Like when Liz is walking out the elevator, and you assume Jack is going to follow her, and then she's alone, and she's like, you know, I'm not. Doing great. As soon as she realizes he's not behind her. Or she runs into the office to be like, yes, okay, my life is falling apart. And he's on a conference call. (laughs) And it's just like taking these things that are just like so overdone, especially at that time. And are just like, I'm going to make this super fucking weird and super fucking funny and super different. And then it's poor Liz. She just can't catch a break. He's Jack's like, I'm going to introduce you to this guy. And she's like, I'm taken. Like, he's like, I'm married with a very pretty wife and two beautiful children and a pool. I have no time for you at all. And she's like, okay. And then he, of course, is the one on the phone when she embarrasses herself in front of Jack later. It's great. And did you Call recognize back. him for his, uh, in his later appearances? Cause he was in the 2008 episode succession where he's sort of the patsy. Where, yes. which is interesting because like continuity doesn't super matter in the show, but as someone who is Jack's mentor, who then becomes sort of the scapegoat, it is an interesting thing. And he's played by Brian Stack, who is a longtime writer for Conan and was part of the Upright Citizens Brigade with them all back in the day. See, I know about Dean Winters. You know about whatever this guy's name is? Research, all right? I went through the library novels online known as Wikipedia. We can cut that out, right? Okay, thank God. And I was like, I lost it. I lost it before I even had it. Uh, we still have not talked about one of my favorite uh, cameos of the moment, which is Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> Did you know that White, White Diamonds is a perfume that she was hawking during yes. that yes. time? Okay. Yes. I just wondered if you didn't. She's like, grabs that fire extinguisher and it says White Diamonds so loud. My memory was that she said it quieter. But when I watched it today, I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. I think, so when I initially started watching this, that was my biggest laugh. When, first of all, just like the super cut on her, are they blue? Are they violet? Oh my God, we've never seen eyes this pure before. And that was just so hilarious. And then (laughs) she takes takes the fire extinguisher and just screams, white diamonds. White diamonds! That is, um, that's like my runner up for biggest laugh. Weirdly, my actual biggest laugh this episode was when she meets Howard Jorgensen for the first time and she has lettuce once again in her hair and she's just like, son of a bitch. That killed me and I don't know why, but I was on the floor rolling. And I love at the end when they're doing the cold open of the rehearsal of the show and Jenna's all (laughs) Botoxed out and Tracy's got a face tattoo and Josh is like, So, do we think that Jack caused the blackout? I think Jack caused the blackout, right? 100%, yeah. But it wasn't just the building. It's like the whole city. Well, he has many... Again, he's got great hair, and he's a white man in a position of power. The limits to his power are limitless. (laughs) Man, I should write a novel. (laughs) God. Or definitely work for cards or something. I should work for Cardi B. We have the same mastery of the English language. 
But then he's getting in his limo and he says, you know, you want to ride home? And she goes, no, I don't want to crowd you or whatever, which doesn't make sense. But then she wanted 20 bucks for the flashlight. I think it was, I think that's what we call a joke where he was like, you know, <laughs> like, you know, this is a huge ass limo. So obviously I want to be crowding you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, when he's like, did your, did your beeper ring? Yeah, I'm expecting a call from the 1980s. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, he has a lot of subtle digs that... And well, and then his uh, fascination with the man jacking off across the street, like oh my god, yes, he is um, sort of like a burgeoning gay icon. He's just like totally secure in his own masculinity and sexuality to watch a For man sure. furiously jerk off and realize that he needs no mentorship because he's doing life the absolute rightest. He's like, oh my god, is he at a staff meeting? <laughs> he's just like respect, man, nailing it. Um, but. Yes, yeah, so the obscure references we talk about Natalie Morales, um, which uh, Dennis is super into in the beginning, <laughs> and then um, Jenna has an obsession with Scott Peterson and oh, finds terrible. him super attractive. Which that only was once he lost all the weight from stress and dyed his hair. Because yeah, no, he looks super cute. You know, <laughs> killing your wife and a poor child will super do that to you. Uh, I feel like Quincy Jones is relatively well known, like. Yeah. Tracy owes $75,000 to Quincy Jones. So I would love <laughs> to know what he recorded with Quincy Jones or how it happened. Fat girl neck, won't you let your fat neck, fat neck girl, fat girl. <laughs> what was her name? Fat neck girl, fat neck. Yeah. Something about her was fat and he, and he loved it. And then werewolf bar mitzvah. Ooh, spooky, scary. Scary, scary. <laughs> Boys becoming men. Moment. Men becoming, men becoming wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we all hit that at different times. That was amazing. Um, and then the most interesting was was August Wilson when they were at the end. They were like, you know, we should never have allowed Tracy to do a parody or a tribute to August Wilson. They were like, we probably should have, you know, made sure he knew who that was. And August Wilson is a famous African American playwright. So I am very curious to see how Tracy ruined that. And in what ways? Um, my subtitles like bugged out a little bit here, though. Like, what they were saying completely differed from my subtitles. Like, do you watch programs with subtitles typically? No. Do you have some sort of hearing issue? No, I stupid old. I think I might have like a reading comprehension issue where I can't, or like maybe my BRCA area is fucked up where you process language because I just understand things better when I'm also reading it along with it. So I watch sub, I use subtitles for everything. I feel like when the subtitles are on, I only stare at the words and I forget to look at the scene. Yeah. But no, I maybe like them sometimes. Maybe that's, maybe that's why I can only revisit content that I've already watched because I miss everything because I'm always looking at subtitles. Yeah. But it's in the good. end when, uh, when they're hoping for some sort of news event to preempt their broadcast, Pete says, how's Gerald Ford's health? And my subtitles say, it's still hurricane season, right? So you have to imagine that that was, <laughs> I know, a joke that was then dismissed because they were like, oh, wow, I guess a lot of people die from hurricanes, though. So maybe that's not the best. And then when they were like, we should have made sure Tracy knows who August Wilson was. They were like, it was worse than his Gilbert and Sullivan parody, which I assume <laughs> was just like some super theatery gay writer who was like, let's bring up these Victorian era theater people who obviously I had no idea who they were before this and had to Google. 
I just had to Google. I just had to Google it. No, well, maybe I should watch from the subtitle. Seems like I'm missing stuff. I don't want to no, miss that's, anything. That's pretty much all I offer to this podcast, so don't take that away from me. It's literally all I, it's all I deliver. Well, what did you hear instead of homophobic gays last time? Homophobic Hague. <laughs> <laughs> the criminal European trial of homophobia. They need to end it. Just end it. We'll have to find out about that. All right. Um, I don't, we can't write things down. Oh, I do have a pen. Do you have an ability to write things down for our number for gemstones of this? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, I do. (laughs) No. No. I'll just write mine down and then we'll both know that we're not lying if you go first. No, no, I got it. 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 (laughs) So how many gemstones? If you don't know, we do it out of a hundred because Nick really likes gems a lot. So... (laughs) As I mentioned in the Takes All Over the Place podcast, I collect the gemstones and exchange them for more floral shirts because that is the (laughs) crux of my fashion ensembles and the crux of my personality. All right. So I give it, can you even fucking see this? I give it an 89. 87. Oh, wow. Really close. Very close. Excellent episode. Definitely one to be rewatched on a regular basis. I will go back for the Jenna scene with her frozen face and inability to move her eyebrows a thousand times. I love the white diamonds moment. I mean, this was that your biggest laugh? I think yes, yes. Plus, I'm sad that whatever happened with them and Rachel Dratch wouldn't have been great if she was in like every episode for the rest of the time Mm because she's coming up in our next one. Yeah, and she like that was initially the thing. She, as we discussed previously, was supposed to be Jenna, and then became this bit character where she was going to play all these multifaceted roles. Some of them more racially insensitive than others, (laughs) and then. You like spoiler alert, but she sort of dissipates rather quickly through the course of this and early next season. So enjoy her while she lasts, America and the world. To see, yeah, when she stops appearing, have to figure that out. But I love her. I love her so much as Elizabeth Taylor. She was that was such a beautiful like this episode. Every plot line was a winner. Every joke landed super well. Everything was like eminently requotable, enjoyable. Just was like. 30 Rock fully coming into its own. And this is where, you know, there's certain moments in a TV show where you're watching it for the first time and you're like, okay, this has got me. This was fully the hook episode. Did we even talk about him becoming the Rat King? And the best joke, really the best joke of the episode, even though it doesn't make you laugh out loud, is when she's talking to Jack and he's like, what happened? He's like, she's like, he moved in with me. (laughs) He's the worst. Well, and he's like, that's how he becomes the Rat King, because they discussed Rat King is when, first of all, there's 17 rats per person in New York, according to Which is actually uh, untrue. I looked it up. It's four to one. Four to one. Okay. That's a much better, but still terrifying ratio. (laughs) And because there are so many, so many rats in this metropolitan area, they get so close to each other that their tails intertwine and they become one giant beast. And I think he says like, and this is where it gets awesome. They turn into this like multi-headed, single bodied rat monster. And Liz towards the end is describing their relationship and to Jack and was like, no, I just, I can't keep melding his life with my life until we become <gasps> he's the rat king yes and she finally has a revelation and you think she's gonna go home and kick him out and no it's also lovely happen. to see josh have something to do yeah i don't know the story behind his character or him as a person but i don't really miss him when he leaves he's just not no he just sort of like he doesn't fully leave he just sort of like tapers away but i do like how He's basically Colin Farrell, where he's like, yeah, I want to fuck 
Elizabeth Taylor. Like, whatever. So I get that she's old and infirmed, but like, yeah, I would, would bang her. And it's like, for anyone trying to bully you, it's great advice. If you just like, don't, if you don't lean in and immediately just like agree with whatever they're saying, it takes their power away. If they're like, oh my God, are you gay? It's like, yeah, I'm really fucking gay. They're like, oh, wait, but like, you're gay, right? I'm like, yeah, no, that's already been established. Thank you. Have a great day. There's a great episode coming up. I don't know when, but when um, Jamie, uh, Frank is totally gay for Jamie. They're like, you're Mm -hmm. totally gay for Jamie. He's like, I am. I am totally gay for Jamie. Exact same energy. Yeah. 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 Same energy. Just deflective. Like, what are you going to say? It's great. Fabulous. Excellent. Did you ever have a beeper? No. Okay. I I was curious. Like, did people ever use those? Yeah. Drug dealers. Okay. People use them before cell phones, but. Yeah, like, that, but, I think that was like, a little bit older than even me. Well, so obviously, beeped, and then you'd have to go get a cell phone, or I mean, a payphone or a home phone. No. They always just seem so silly to me. Well, doctors still have them. The beeper king would still have a <laughs> a market career. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, and this he's like he's basically a a beeper hipster, where he's just like you know I'm I'm the last one in New York City, so that's kind of cool, right? I love Dean Winters. I think he adds so much to the show. He's just the best. I love him. I love him. I love him. Meanwhile, your other fave, Kenneth, had nothing to do in this episode. No, he did not. But not every episode can be a Kenneth episode, but he has a great moment in the next one. So let's move on and talking about uh, Tracy Does Conan, which is our next episode of the day. And tragically, folks, he does not bang Conan, as many of you I know were hoping. Because Conan is wearing a leather jacket a lot in this episode, and it's made me revisit sort of my initial reaction to Conan as just like, ah, and more into like, umph, you know? (laughs) Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, no. Did you make a quippy uh, summary of this episode? No, but let's riff. Okay, all right, all right. (laughs) Quite a... Quickly, and so what, Tracy, okay, 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 I think I got it. Yep, yep, I got it, okay. Do I? Yeah, okay. Okay, so in this episode of 30 Rock, main plot line, we've got Tracy appearing on Conan. Now, his last time visiting the Conan set ended a little stabby, where Tracy had a couple knives and attempted to stab Conan. So they're trying to make sure everything goes as planned, and guess what? It super doesn't. Tracy, who is always delightfully off-kilter, goes fully off the rails because of some new experimental medication from his uh, physician, Dr. Spichemin. And things just get increasingly disastrous, but also hilarious. And the B story being that Jenna is supposed to be on Conan and Jack bumps her to make, uh, because Tracy's an international movie star and she's did these terrible commercials for shop. It's right. like, she doesn't do those anymore. I mean, she got fired, but, <laughs> and then we get the introduction for the first time of the infamous, amazing movie, the <laughs> Exactly. The real title of this episode should be, we finally fucking get the Ruger. Because that's one of my favorite moments of this entire series. And then did you see on the, what's that clapboard called when they do the strike? 
When you're starting a scene and they show like a little thing that looks like a movie clapper, whatever it is, they click it and it says rural juror directed by C. Affleck, like Casey Affleck. And then the guy turns to the camera and he's like, this, this is a terrible name for a movie. Yeah. No, it's just, uh, you know, the rural juror. I mean, I And the would- sequel, Urban Fervor. Urban Fervor. Yeah. Ur Fervor. Yeah. Rural juror. Is cert- it's one that you have to concentrate hella hard, where your eyes sort of get misty as you're focusing directly on your nose, just trying to summon the words out. Does that ever happen to you? All the time. Um, and what's who wrote it? It's somebody's brother. It's um, it's like not Kevin Grisham, but it's like oh, it Kevin is Kevin Grisham. Grisham. It's not John Grisham. It's, it's not Kevin John Grisham. Grisham. It's Kevin Grisham. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, I just don't know other shows that would take it so deep to put, like, Casey Affleck's name on there, have it be, you know, John Christian's brother, Kevin. (laughs) Hilarious. No, the layers they put into it are amazing, and I'd love to see a full-on... I mean, I guess we do see a trailer for that show coming up, but it's great. And I love that we're still having, like, super descriptive titles. It's like they haven't quite found their, like, friends as always the one with, and they're just like, all right, so here's what happens. Explain. So, like, you know, in Friends, all the titles are, like, the one where the monkey fucks a toaster. And oh. this one's, like, you know, Tracy does Conan. Jack the Did writer. Did the monkey fuck a toaster? Maybe I would have watched the show. <laughs> no, that was that was a plot point that they dropped. They were going to have the monkey leave by him engaging with Coitus with a toaster. And then the lights flicker. And then it just be assumed that the monkey died. And they did scrap that plot line. Thankfully, I don't believe you. That's real. That's a real thing. And then Liz goes to um, <laughs> donate blood at one point, which is hilarious. Which the uh, woman there, that nurse, is the, the same phlebotomist. One, the wow, <laughs> I know big words too, Nick. I know I things about people and places. What? What? Tell him, Frank. Um. She is the same actress as the TSA screener in Sandwich Day when she's trying to meet one of her paramours. Like, immediately, I recognize her inflection. I was like, she's, she's done funny stuff in the show. Outside good eye, of this. Nick. And she did. Well, good IMDb skills. Well, so she's, <laughs> about to, she's giving blood and she's going to get a cookie. And she's, like, super excited. She's like, I'm going home to jump my boyfriend. I'm really excited. And the phlebotomist lady's like, really? 35 and single? Three sexual partners in the last 10 years? Maybe it's time to settle, <laughs> which is just what you need to hear. And then Jack is always picking on her about her weight, which I guess I never really realized until we started talking about them. Because then she's like, he's like a cookie in the middle of the day, lemon. And she's like, I gave blood. He's like, oh, does, does that burn calories? And last the last episode... The last time we talked, he was like, go easy on that pizza. He's really mean to her about her weight. She's real skinny. Well, Jenna is too. Because she's just like, because oh, she's like, are you finally dieting because your blood sugar is low? Which one are you on? Are you on the Japanese porn star diet where you can only eat paper? So, no, it's just, uh, I think, you know, Tina Fey is just taking the main things that people are criticized for and trying to make them funny and overzealous. I don't know. I assume there's a, a message and a meaning behind it. I'm just... You know, not smart enough to figure out what it is. Well, she went to Tina Fey herself is a member of Weight Watchers or now called WW and went to meetings for years. And then when Oprah just interviewed her for whatever, she's like, oh, I'm on the app. I talk to people. I go in rooms. She's like, not under my real name. But yeah, I'm still a member of WW. What, what? (laughs) What, what? They've really modernized that name. (laughs) 
super impressive. I do like the WW. I love alliteration, like Dennis Duffy, Weight Watchers. It's like we're all living in the Superman land. <laughs> Lex Luthor, Lana Lang, Lois Lane. Whoa. Wow. I know stuff about things. I know. Do you ever watch Smallville? I loved that show. I uh, did. Oh, oh I do. God. I do, and I have, and I did, and I will again. <laughs> so then Tracy's off his medication, or he's got some weird medication issues. Yeah, so he basically is famous. That's his, it's, I guess, not in the DSM-5, but potentially will be in the DSM-6, where his mental issue is that he has excessive notoriety and then just goes bonkers because of it. Not helped by Dr. Spichemin, wildly invasive experimental treatments. And so he's bugging out, and the one scene he's up on the ceiling, and he's like, I'm bugging out! I'm bugging out! Like, they don't normally do fantastical things like that that don't make sense, but I still went with it and had a really good time. Not till later, but that one was, yeah, that was super fucking funny. Um, and then I here comes a little blue guy, played by our best friend, Rachel Trash. Uh, we, we're rooting for her. We know what happens to her, but, like, we're still rooting her. <laughs> And I don't know why his name is Spachemin and you say Spaceman and um, Jack's like, he's a really good doctor and a pretty good dentist. You're just like, oh my God. His, See, it's his first appearance also. And I like the Leo Spachemin character. I know nobody you knows do not. Why. I do not. And nobody knows why either. Why don't you explain that to us? Um, I find him highly unlikable, unrealistic, annoying. I, mean, I feel like you could say that about like most characters and most things. <gasps> Name another person who's unlikable on that show. Jenna Maroney. I think that, well, yeah. First of all, I like, those are two of my favorite. Well, I wouldn't say Leo Spichemin is one of my favorite characters, but I do like Jenna. I think she's hilarious. She's one of my favorites. Emma Tiebreaker. Jenna, I could go either way. I don't like Spichemin. He doesn't make good, none of his jokes are funny. They're often off yes, color. Yes, he's not funny. <laughs> he's Thank not you. Funny. And he doesn't have redeeming qualities. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have redeeming qualities. I think that's part of the joke, though, is that he, like, literally is just a trash person mm, who directs like people to, like, get procedures done. Dennis Duffy at least fixes that broken toilet. At one point, mounts a TV. He always brings her food. You know what I mean? The mounted TV broke. She fell doesn't asleep matter. one bite in and then ate the rest of it, and he fixed the toilet that he broke. Dennis Duffy is equally unlikable without redeeming qualities. At least Bachaman is He's like, hot. you know what? Do you want? That's true. He is very attractive. I guess that's, that's a redeeming the, quality. I think that's the redeeming quality. He's attractive. Yeah. All right. Because like Bachaman, at least is just like, do you want her too? Yes. He's not asking her to change all the time. He's just looking for a place to live and bring a dog and maybe a cousin and <laughs> and raise really some kids named Shannon and Rick. Doctor Bachaman has Rick. so many of his own drugs that he doesn't have a like personality or heart. <laughs> He doesn't yes. care right. about anyone. That's fair. I mean, I we have a difference of an opinion, and I respect both of ours equally. <laughs> when um, What's-His-Face needs a kidney, he can't remember if it goes in one person and out the other. And it's just like, I'll remember it's just like the opposite of what they yes. say. <laughs> God. Yes, it drives me crazy. Um, I love it. And, you know, it's interesting that we're watching a show about someone giving blood because they recently relaxed the restrictions on gay men giving blood and you no longer have to be celibate for an entire year. It's just three months. So 
Pretty progress. much still zeroes out the whole group. <laughs> Exciting. I know, right? It's like, hopefully we're all in quarantine. So in about two and a half months, we'll all be eligible. Um, yeah. In the opening sequence, when, first of all, he shaves in the kitchen sink. Disgusting. Oh, Dennis. God. And then the slow-mo the moment softer. on his chewing. I, oh, gross. A lot of potential friendships or relationships have been ruined by how someone eats and chews because that is one of the things that I just cannot tolerate. Emma can attest to this. She grew up with me. Something about people chewing in a very specific way annoys the hell out of me. I think that's natural. I think the way other people eat is a lot. If, you're, if their mouth is open and food's falling out, my thing <laughs> is if you have to breathe really heavily through your nose while chewing, so you're going... Yeah. <sighs> That drives me bananas. Is that the <laughs> the censored moaning from Muffin Top? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Not at all. That is, I have so much fucking mood of food in my mouth that I cannot take a real breath, so I have to exhale through my nose so I do not die. <laughs> Can you keep up? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I personally hate when people like they just like click the back of their tongue against the roof of their mouth and they're just like. Are you talking about like an Alyssa Edwards tongue pop? No, no, no. Just like when people are eating and they're just like, like the cow chewing cud. Get it. All right. So, yeah. so... anyway, that reminds me of. Uh, sorry, just one more thing. That's a Go lie. For it. I'm gonna say so many things. So, <laughs> um, that scene though, when it's just like hyper focused on his mouth. While chewing reminds me Ugh. of Buffy the Vampire Slayer when she gets a roommate in the first year of Sunnydale University or whatever, and she hangs up a poster of Celine Dion and starts doing these habits that Buffy deems the most annoying, and she just has, like, it zooms in tightly on her eyes, sort of like they did for Rachel Dratch playing Liz Taylor during White <laughs> Lightning, where it's just, like, her super furrowed and annoyed at this girl's just, like, bullshit. And it just had very you know, cinematic parallels, I would say. So Conan is talking to Liz in the hallway. And Tracy's going to go on the show. You mentioned that he stabbed, he tried to stab him last time. And so they're very weary about what's going to happen. They finally get Dr. Spaceman. Okay, so they get Dr. Spaceman and he agrees to give him more drugs. And she sends Kenneth to go get more drugs. Thank God Uh, Kenneth is there. Right drug. Right drug. Well, and there are there are four, one on each corner <laughs> of the address that she gives him. And he, sensing the urgency of the moment, but not quite processing it, keeps allowing people to cut in front of him. So his face is super contorted and just like anxious need to get this as quickly as possible. And then he's like, well, ma'am, go ahead. And then returns to just like, oh my gosh, I'm super fraught and this is intense. And then what I think is the shadiest moment of the episode, which is like Pete Kenneth's shade and quite possibly the rudest he's ever been, was yes. him saying, fine, I will try the other location, but frankly, LaDonica, you have not been real helpful. Was it LaDonica? Yes. LaDonica, Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. And he's waited in line behind like eight people and he's a little old lady go in front of him and who knows how busy the other right aids are and right yeah. drugs. So, I mean, also the, it feels very suspenseful. The music, which is done by Tina Fey's husband, is perfect for this moment. We keep cutting between the intensity of Tracy just getting crazier and crazier while trying to track down who the fuck Spaceman is. It turns out he's actually a doctor named Leo Spichemin. And then we cut to finding the drugs before Conan happens. We know it's already fraught. Meanwhile, Jack keeps having Liz Lemon come up to prepare jokes for this soiree that turns out not to be even in the immediate future. And 
Go ahead. No, but leads to one of our favorite lines, I think, of all time. Yeah. Uh, you go for it. You uh, know what I'm talking about? You're I do, a tux- yeah. Jack, you're wearing yeah. a tuxedo. And he yeah. says... Liz Lemon's like, why are you wearing a tux then? He's like, it's after six. What am I, a farmer? <laughs> and that's one of like the eminently quotable lines of 30 Rock. What am I, a farmer? And it'll be referenced in, uh, in times to come. <laughs> My biggest laugh, though, was, again, it's the subtle moments, but when Kenneth finally gets the drugs from the right right aid and he comes to Pete, who is wearing a wig, because that is the source of his charisma, according to oh Jack. Oh, my God. So the competing plot lines that are happening simultaneously are all fantastic. So we've got Tracy going crazy, Liz needing to recover his sanity in time to go on Conan, where he previously tried to stab Conan, Jenna getting bumped from Conan and sort of spiraling, but no one really caring about that at all. Like towards the end, she's just like, well, I'm just going to go quit. And Liz is like, oh, no, stop, don't, we need you. Then there's Jack, who is preparing for this soiree uh, honoring Jack Lemon. Was it Jack Lemon? Jack Walsh. Jack Welch, yeah. Who has made his second consecutive appearance in a 30 Rock episode. And he's like chairman of GE of something, like legitimately. And then Liz is has low blood sugar and hasn't eaten her butter cookie, which she inexplicably <laughs> chose over a chocolate chip. So clearly something's not going right with her. And then in addition to that, we have Pete, who jokingly wears this to pay that Jack thinks he should actually incorporate into everyday life because <laughs> it just makes him like him more. So he's on one and it just like in a super Moses moments parts the crowd of the Conan tour that's being led by Aubrey Plaza in her yes. first on-camera role. And do you know why? Because she, she used to be a page. And she still had the jacket. Yeah, Is that why? Because she had yeah. the uniform? She still had the jacket. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so at the end, it all resolves itself. Tracy goes on stage. They shove. They finally get the pills. They knock him down. Which is such a beautiful <laughs> moment where he's just on the ground and they're just pouring pills into his mouth, <laughs> hoping that one makes it down his gullet. And then he goes out on stage with her, all terrified of what's going to happen. He starts dancing. You're like, okay, this isn't so bad. And then he sits down and gets back up. And you're like, oh boy, this is too long. And, and then, then he, he just, falls asleep. He yeah. falls asleep, which is yeah. great. Um. What was your biggest laugh of the episode? Uh, probably the Elizabeth line from Conan, because it's just so out, unexpected. Yeah. Let's just not do this now, Elizabeth. It just makes me laugh. And then um, when he says he's bugging up on the ceiling, I pretty <laughs> laugh pretty much, because it's crazy. And then when Kenneth's out there, in the last moments, Kenneth's giving himself, he's <laughs> pretending he's on Conan. And pretending there's an audience there. And he's like, Did you, they don't want to see me clog, do you? <laughs> and then, like, pretend the audience claps for him and he starts clogging. And Conan's like, yeah. you're, you're a weird dude, Kenneth. It's great. Again, in a leather jacket. Um, no, the bugging, the bugging out was so funny. <laughs> I'm, I'm bugging out. out. I'm bugging out. Yeah. Um, and so my favorite and biggest laugh, again, is, like, one of the subtle nuance moments that I just picked up recently. And it's when... Um, Kenneth is coming back and Pete sort of like parts the sea of people with his new follicular confidence from wearing that wig. And then he's doing like the relay race handoff of the drugs to Pete, but he keeps trying to hold Pete's hand. (laughs) And then Pete keeps trying to shake him off and Kenneth keeps trying to hold his hand. Killed me. And then when we cut to Tracy still freaking out and Tina Fey, Liz Lemma is like, Chewbacca, may I please speak to Tracy? Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. 
It's like Tracy kills in this entire episode. I feel like last episode, like you said, was Jenna's through and through. This was Tracy's, 100% a Tracy episode that was super perfect. This one is also seamless. These two episodes were great. I feel like we are on the rise yeah, to this just episode, magic. Yeah, no, this episode is the magic carpet ride that's going to take us to where we want to go, which is the rest of this beautiful, gorgeous TV series. And it's so funny. I mean, I, I've rewatched the series a million times. I put it on as background noise when I'm doing other things just because, you know, it makes me happy. And then, you know, when you sit down to really watch it, to really recap it, you think, well, I've seen this like 35 times or whatever. And I love it just as much. And it made me so happy. It like brightened my day, made Frank excited. Yeah. It got There's everything going. In case we haven't already explained it, Frank is Emma, my sister's <laughs> dog. And he expresses his enthusiasm for what we say with barks. So he will often be a background feature that tells us how funny we are. Yes. All right, but, get your pen out, fella, unless there's anything else you want to talk about this episode. Fella. Uh, <laughs> little fella. Let me think. Hey, little fella. Oh, I do like, again, <laughs> character continuity does not super matter because Tracy is trying to redeem himself to mainstream America right. after and the last episode being deemed too normal. So, wild. Episode back-to-back. Uh, we also learn about a couple more of Tracy's movies, President Homeboy and Hunky Grandma Be Trippin'. Hunky Grandma Be Trippin'! Which comes up frequently throughout the series. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> go ahead. No, there, I just had written down in the beginning in the opening scene, I did get a really big laugh when Dennis is looking at the box. And he's like, this maze is so easy. You go in right here and you come out right there. I mean, I died. I don't know why. You're just like, oh, my God. He's so and- sincere. I love Dennis Duffy <laughs> so much. Yeah. Well, and it felt like an improvised line, too, which was yeah. super fun. And, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Dean Winters, Dennis Duffy does not give a shit about anything. And he has no awareness of anything and he just says what's on his mind on we were getting numbers i think we should pivot to that i have written on my hand i know my number same okay should we do like one two three sure we can't see either one but yes ready one two, <laughs> two three three ninety three oh my god i only went 87 again did you really yeah i thought this was a fun episode it was well crafted it, it was enjoyable this was good yeah, I think you're just nicer than I am, so, you know. I said all of mine are going to be, like, between 80 and 100. <laughs> yes. So. And we'll see if that holds true, but. I mean, there are some stinkers later that we may have to dip, but there are also some great ones where I'm like, this is, like, a 104. When you're like, I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> Do we know how many episodes credit? total? I'm going to look really quick. How many episodes total there are? In 30 Rock, I'm going to guess 126. 138. So was I would it really? Say it's 138, yeah. Oh my god, I'm like really good at this. <laughs> you are so crazy. Amazing. Oh my god, you're so good at this. So wild. Oh my god, you're like dreamy. It's amazing, girls. Oh my god. Um, and I would say like 135 of them are better than anything else that's ever been on TV. So they can have a sinker or two. I mean, the fact that we have each watched 30 Rock like every single episode, five to seven to 23 times, and we're still finding it's things right that now. are super hilarious. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing. It's a takeoff on our knees. Um, I also love how Jack Donaghy was like, the wig is charisma. Um, because when you look at like charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent by our Lord and Savior and ultimate queen mother, RuPaul, what is a drag queen without a wig? It makes sense that the wig would be charisma. So 
I'm just, I know you thought I was joking about the wig, but I, I wasn't. I, I, I want you to wear it. Let me clarify. I'm being super serious right now. Wear the fucking wig. Pete, wear the wig. What do you think of feet in the wig? I think it looks great. It looks like unnatural, though. There are some people where it's just like, I don't like having hair is not empirically amazing and looks great. There's some people who just like it doesn't suit them. And I've always known Pete with his just sort of like roundabout donut hair. And I adore it. And then everything else feels inauthentic. It's like when Jason Alexander got hair and it's just like, this isn't you. This isn't who you are. I love Pete with the wig. <laughs> you do? do? <laughs> yeah. Out of like, the ooh. void, Emma has to speak up for her love of Pete and the wig. It's terrifying. It was, yeah, handsome. I mean, there are some people like Trixie Mattel looked better with hair. And that's just a fact. But some people look better bald. That is not a fact. That is subjective. Is that libel? Is that like Tracy Jordan libel? Like it's libel this lemon. Libel, I tell you. Well, it's the best show ever, I'm pretty sure. Best no. comedy anyway. Yeah, no, we're episode six and seven now of the first season, which we admitted was pretty rough. And already we're like, oh my God, this is, we're really Swooning. finding its form. Six episodes in, we're like, this is it. Just 132 to go, right around the and corner. And like, what's your favorite season, by the way? Oh, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know it as well as I know Drag Race, where I can just be like, season five, season seven. I'm yeah. not sure. I mean, I, there are moments. There are just moments. I don't know. Well, I'll figure that out. I'll keep that in mind. What about you? Do you already know? Um, no, that's why I posed the question to you. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. And I was like, I can just like cheat off of your answer. I mean, we're you just, know, there's there's just all these different seasons, right? Cheyenne Jackson comes for a while. Um, I, when, um, oh God, Criss Cross comes, whatever his name is. I love him so much. Help me. James Jason. Marsden. James Marsden. I love when he's a part of the show. Yeah. Um, you know, it just depends. I love them all. We'll figure It'll it out. It'll be interesting to see when Julie's score gets up in the 90s. Yeah. I, that is exciting because I've <laughs> already got be a milestone. <laughs> I mean, if you're already at 90, if you're also, we'll get them as a milestone and a gemstone from Emma. Um, If we're already there, how high can we go? Dequan is there and Angie is there. And yeah, I mean, we, my scale is like within the 20 point range. So I already set myself up for failure. When you actually have like something in the nineties, it's going to mean something. And isn't, I mean, is there, is the Pee Wee episode in the first season? What? Where Pee Wee Herman is the, king of whatever in the wheelchair and Jenna falls in love with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's is that actually Pee Wee Herman. I'm sorry, Paul Rubens. Is it, it Paul is actually Rubens? him. Yeah, that's Pee Wee Herman. That's, it's not. It's 100% Pee Wee Herman. For I, Gerhard Habsburg? Gerhard Habsburg is played by Paul Rubens, who played Pee Wee Herman. This is the best moment of my life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm wrong about everything, and I am right about what? this. Gerhard Habsburg. Gerhard Habsburg. Oh, Jenna Twill. Twill for me, Jenna Twill. Yes. Yeah. He's played by Paul Rubens. Does it's not home. that I don't believe you, but it sounds I like need it as it you up. continue to search the interwebs <laughs> to see if I am correct. <laughs> Anyway, that episode's coming up. That is, and Isabella Rossellini, that is like in the... Oh my God, you're right. What, what? I couldn't hear you. Was your sound down? What? Julie. (laughs) Tell him, Frank. (laughs) Julie, you were right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You remembered it was Gerhard. His name was Gerhard (laughs) Hatch. Well, duh. Obviously, I'm not a... There's a reason I'm doing a 30 Rock podcast, Julie. 
with you. Well, that, I mean, that episode's going to be in the 90s. I know it is because I watch it all the time. Oh, Johnny, you know how much I love my big beef and cheddars. Beef and cheddars. I mean, I yeah. do that one all the time. So. Like, the things that they're able to make these characters do and these, like, famous actors and actors do is just amazing. When we get to the lady with the hollow bird bones, I mean, I literally love it. Oh, please, I can't. Hello, hello bird bones. What's her name? Like Emily Mortimer or something. She's yes, fantastic. Emily Mortimer. Yes. I love yeah. her. She's fantastic. She's so, yeah, fantastic. I don't know. I mean, the hair and the head are coming. She's dating ah. her cousin. There are a yeah. million amazing 30 Rocks. So I don't know if there's a season, but they're definitely highlights of the year. And for me, that Gerhard Habsburg Haps- Haps- is one of my favorites. His eyelash I, falls off, or his eyelash yeah. falls off, and he dies. He's <laughs> <so> bad. <laughs> Where he dies. Yeah, so no, good. if you're watching 30 Rock for the first time, first of all, congratulations. You're in the midst of an amazing journey, and I could not be happier for you. Oh if you, like the rest of us, are watching this for the third or fourth or fifth time, you're in for an equally amazing journey. This is such a fantastic show, and like we talked about in 6 and 7, it's really hitting its stride, and we're about to just, like, rock it off into a new realm of comedic gold. Needless to say, we're pretty excited about this. Like, we're (laughs) handling it, like, appropriately and, like, just be chill and approachable. It's like when I'm interested in a guy and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, so, like, when's the wedding? And they're like, that's them ghosting me. Well, I love these two episodes. I thought they were great. I'm glad we got to discuss them and watch them yet again. It was delightful. Well, good. Well, would you like to say goodbye to our gemstones, Nick? Goodbye, gemstones. While my ratings of 30 Rock may fluctuate between 80 and 100, you always keep it 101. (laughs) Wow. I know. I hated it, too. (laughs) But I love you all, our beloved listeners. See you, guys. (laughs) I admit it. Dennis isn't a sandwich I want to eat every day for the rest of my life. I'm clueless about men. I'm clueless about everything that isn't this show. Maybe you can tell me how to live, because sadly, you may be the most stable person I know right now. Gentlemen, we'll have to continue this conference some other time. That's her again, isn't it? Hi, Howard. Blurg is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank.